0: Greetings Earthlings and welcome back to podcastage. Today I'm back with a review of the new recording console from Rode, the Rodecaster Pro 2. If you are interested in picking up the RCP 2, it costs around $700. Like always, I'll throw some affiliate links in the description down below. Also, in the sake of full disclosure, I do need to let you know Rode sent me this device free of charge for the sake of making this review. With that being said for a large portion of this video i'm going to be using the rode nt1 connected directly to the rcp2 no processing is engaged my gain is set at 30 db i am recording 24 bit 48 kilohertz and i will not do any kind of post processing but i may have to boost it a little bit in post so check the doobly-doo to see what i diddly did and now let's talk about what comes in the box what a surprise you are going to get the mixer you're going to get a power cable and a USB-C to USB-C cable then as far as the build quality I don't have any serious complaints about this thing the top of the device is made out of metal but the sides and the rear are made out of plastic and on the rear you will find this mounting panel in case you want to Mount the RCP2 The dials are all nicely attached, but they do have a little bit of wiggle to them. The faders all slide really well, but they also have a little bit of wobble to them. The majority of the soft touch buttons give a little bit of tactile feedback to them, while the smart pads are more firm and they don't have any real click to them. They are much more reminiscent of a drum pad then the xlr and quarter inch ports are nice but they have a little bit of movement to them as well and in case this matters to you this device is made in australia then as far as the specs this thing records at 24 bit 48 kilohertz the preamps have a max gain of 76 db it has an ein of negative 131 dbv which translates to negative 129 dBuA weighted it offers 48 volts of phantom power and just in case you want to dive a little bit deeper here are the other specs feel free to pause the video but we're gonna move on now now buckle up and get some popcorn because we are going to walk through the physical side of this device. On the front of this device, you have absolutely nothing. On the bottom of this device, as I already mentioned, it has this mounting panel for what I believe is a VESA mount, or you can put this on a 3 8 inch stand. Then on the rear of the device, you have a power button, you have a USB-C power port, you have a micro sd card slot you have an ethernet port to connect this to your network over a wired connection you have two more USB-C ports the first one going to your main pc the second going to a secondary computer then you have four quarter inched headphone outputs you have two quarter inched outputs to run to your studio monitors and lastly you have four xlr quarter inch combination jacks to connect microphone instrument or line level inputs And finally, on the top of the device, you have a record button, you have a touchscreen display, which we will discuss quite in depth, you have four headphone volume controls, you have a smart dial to change the monitor level or adjust settings on the display, then you have six identical channels, each of them have a solo or a mute button at the bottom, followed by the actual fader, and then you have a button at the top of each channel which will allow you to access the settings for that channel very quickly. And the last thing that you have on the top of the device are eight smart pads with a set of arrows to switch between all eight pages of your sounds mixer actions midi pads or your effects this is your display and this does so much and we're going to walk through all of it so buckle up first in the upper left hand corner we have the rode o if we click on this this takes us to the show menu This allows you to import or export a show. So you are able to save the microphone settings, the sound pads, save that to an SD card. And then if you want to recall that, you can go ahead and import those settings and all of the microphone settings and sound pads would be recalled on the device. So you don't have to set them all up again. Then we have an icon of an SD card. Next to that, it tells us how much time is left on the SD card to record but if we click on the icon, it takes us to another menu. Here we are able to erase the SD card, enter transfer mode so we can transfer files directly from the Rodecaster Pro to our computer without removing the SD card, or we can hit eject and safely remove the SD card. Next, we have this little monitor icon. This tells us how loud we are outputting to the stereo set of monitor outputs on the rear of the device. Next to that, we have this stereo meter, which gives us a general understanding of how loud our stereo mix is. Unfortunately, there is not a scale on it, but maybe with an update, we can get something like that. Next to that, we have the network icon indicating that we're currently connected to Wi-Fi. And lastly, we have the settings gear icon, which we will dive into in just a minute. Then we have this amazing meter section which displays the level of all nine of our sound sources, not just the six that are on physical faders, but all of the virtual tracks as well. And the last thing that we have here is a representation of all of the smart pads as well as what is on the smart pads, which makes using them a lot more intuitive. Now we're going to dive into the settings menu and this is going to take a while. The first thing that we see is the network we are connected to. Then we have a bunch of submenus, the first one being faders. In this menu, you're able to assign whatever sound sources you want to the physical faders. Here I have four microphones, but I only use one, so if I want to assign USB, Bluetooth, and the second USB port to those physical faders, I'm able to do that and that makes the physical faders much more valuable and useful to somebody like me who uses one to two microphones max. Next menu item that we have is outputs, and when we click on that, we have six more submenus. The first one that we have is headphones, and when we click on that, we are able to select what type of headphones we're using for each of the headphone outputs. Currently, we're set to low sensitivity, but we could also select high sensitivity headphones or the Rode NTH-100s, and you're able to make this selection for all four of the headphone outputs. The next sub-menu option that we have is monitors, and this gives you three options. The first one will auto-mute the monitor outputs if you have any of the microphones turned up. Secondly, you will auto-mute the Bluetooth output if any of the microphone faders are up. Both of these options exist to try to prevent feedback from your studio monitors or your Bluetooth speaker. And the final option is a fixed output level This will change the monitor output to line level just in case you're using a set of studio monitors that have a dedicated independent volume control. That is it for the monitor menu. The next option we have is routing and this is where it gets really powerful. Here we're able to adjust exactly what mix we're sending to USB 1, chat 1, USB 2 or Bluetooth. The options that we have are main mix which will route all of the audio sources to that output. Then we have the mix minus option. This will send all of the audio tracks except for the source we're sending audio to. For example, currently we're setting the mix for USB 1, so when we select mix minus, we will send all of the audio to USB 1 except for the audio that we are capturing from USB 1. And the final option is custom. This allows you to create a custom mix of exactly what you want to send to this audio output. And you are able to make this selection for all of the outputs, USB one, chat one, USB two, and Bluetooth. Alrighty, going back, the next sub menu is listen. This allows you to adjust what you hear when you solo a track, whether you want to hear the pre-fader audio or the post-fader audio. Pretty self-explanatory. Next, we have the multi-track option. If we click on this, this allows us to turn on multi-tracking for recording to the SD card or sending over USB. Currently, I have multi-tracking turned off, but if I click on pre-fader, this allows me to capture all of the audio without capturing any of the fader movements. And you are also able to bypass any of the processing in case you want a safety track to process and post. Then if we click on post fader, not only will this capture all of the processing, but it will also capture any of the fader movements that we do on the mixer. I'm going to go back to pre-fader and the final option we have is processing. This allows us to make adjustments to the master compeller, which is basically a master bus compressor or adjust the output delay this will be really useful if you're trying to sync your audio with video and it doesn't automatically sync up in obs or your streaming software that is it for the output section next we have the smart pads menu when we click on this it shows us everything that is on the smart pads we are able to click on one we can change the color of the pad change the name edit it or clear out that smart pad But the thing that i really like is the ability to create new actions for the smart pads right on the device for example we have four empty spots right here so let's go ahead and add a sound to this when we click on that it allows us to record that sound oh my god that's not annoying at all and we could go ahead and do a fade in we could do a fade out we could toggle io i like to do one shots and now we have that sound pad. Let me bring up the fader. Oh, 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 my God. Yeah, that's horrifying. Anyway, let's go ahead and add a new action. Next, we have effects. I want to add a voice disguiser. Let's go ahead and turn that, that on. And now I have that effect set to that smart pad. So if I hit that smart pad, you, you cannot tell who I am. Who wants a body massage? Mr. Mr. Body Body Massage Machine, go! Yep, that's how that works. (laughs) Let's go ahead and click another smart pad. Now we can do a mixer action. We can do a sensor button. We can do trash talk. Trash talk will mute the audio output to remote guests. We can do a fade in or out. This will obviously fade in the mix and fade out the mix for a show. Then we have back channel. While active, a mix is created separate from the main mix to allow communication between the channels selected below. This is something that a producer could do to talk to a host. And the final option we have is ducking. All of the audio sources will be decreased in level while channel 1 has sources coming through it while you're talking into your microphone. All of these are very useful tools but i can't really demonstrate them so i want to go ahead and show you something with the sensor option you can create a custom sensor sound so if you wanted to do something like <coughs> i don't know why you would that hurt my voice but <coughs> <you> <coughs> so now <laughs> that's so obnoxious now that is my sensor button, so I am so angry, I'm gonna swear up a. f- I'm just so mad, it's, yeah. You could see how that could be fun, but also just horribly abused. And the final action that we can do is create a MIDI trigger. I have not spent too much time with this, so I will have to make a separate video on this. It will likely be on podcastage too, but my understanding is you can use MIDI triggers to trigger events in OBS, change scenes, or if you do music and you want to use the smart pads as a drum trigger, you could do that as well. That is it for the smart pads. The next menu item is the display and the first sub menu item is brightness. This allows you to adjust the brightness by turning a dial. You can adjust the brightness of the display or the buttons on the mixer. And you can also do an automatic dim after 30 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, one minute or 30 seconds. All pretty self-explanatory stuff jumping back the next submenu is metering this will turn on a dbfs scale on that metering section on the home page for example i currently have the dbfs broadcast scale turned on then if we go in and turn on the default setting now there is no scale on the meters at all i like the broadcast scale so we're turning that back on Next, we have haptics. This allows you to adjust the haptic feedback you get on the touch screen. You can have no haptic feedback, haptic feedback on hold, or haptic feedback always on. And the final option we have here is the record button. This allows you to adjust how the record button functions. If you are recording and you press the record button, you can pause the recording, hit the record button again, and the recording starts. Or you can just have it so if you are recording and hit the record button again, recording will stop i like having it set to pause because it keeps me from accidentally stopping a recording in the middle of a session that is it for the display section going back the next menu item is show we already walked through all of this this is just another way to get in here and import or export your shows or create a new show jumping back we have one final item and that is system First, we have the network section. This allows you to connect to Wi-Fi or over the wired connection, nothing more there. Then we have the Bluetooth menu. This allows you to connect a Bluetooth device to the Rodecaster Pro 2. We're not doing that right now. Then we have the MIDI section. This allows you to enable the MIDI control so you can use the smart pads as MIDI controllers or MIDI triggers going back. Then we have date and time pretty self-explanatory you set the date set the time and your time zone next we have language sets the language for the roadcaster pro 2 and we have one final menu item information you can share analytics check for updates or view the device information currently i am on firmware version 1.0.7 and that is it and the final thing that i want to show you is if you're diving into a channel and then click on the gear icon, you're able to create a stereo pair of channels. So now I have turned channel three and four into a stereo set. I'll click the green check mark, and now I will reassign that to the fader. I can select if it's line in. So if you're connecting a keyboard, I can do a set of microphones with dynamic or condenser. And now when I go back, both of those channels are set to a single physical fader, so they will be identical the entire time. Now we're going to do a very quick walkthrough of all of the processing that's available to us. Currently, I have the SM7B connected to the RCP2. I am just set to a typical dynamic. My gain is set at 55 dB, my fader is all the way up, and my processing is turned on, but all of the effects are turned off the first thing we'll do is select depth and slowly increase this so you can hear what this does to the audio depth is all the way up let's go ahead and roll that all the way back down now that is off now let's select sparkle and we will increase this and we should hear quite a bit more top end come into the recording not my favorite but let's go ahead and roll that back all the way off and there we go and finally we have punch let's select that as i pop the microphone and we will increase this so you can hear what punch does all right rolling that back now all the way off now let's check the presets that we have to see how that sounds with the 7b first we will turn on neutral this is the neutral processing then we will switch to podcast studio a lot more low end A lot more top end, kind of V-shaped, and a lot of compression. And lastly, we will go to broadcast. The most V-shaped sounding, very boosted in the lows, very boosted in the highs, and very compressed. That is broadcast. Now we are on podcast studio, and then we are on neutral. This is neutral. Let's go back, turn processing off. This is the RAW 7B. Then this is with the processing engaged with the preset set to neutral. One really quick tangent. If we click on the effects tab, we do have the ability to add an echo and reverb, and we can tie these to smart pads if we want to toggle them on or off very quickly. Let's go ahead and see what it sounds like when we turn on an echo. Echo. (whistles) You get it, it's an echo. Then we have reverb. Let's go ahead and turn this on. Help, I'm trapped in a small room or a big room. It's a typical reverb. There you go. And with that fun out of the way, let's go back to processing. And now let me show you why this device is really cool. Let's hit advanced. This allows us to make adjustments on every single bit of processing that is being done to the microphone. So let's go ahead and walk through it. The first effect that we have is a high-pass filter. I like mine around 65 hertz, so let's go ahead and set it around there. 64.5 is okay. We'll go to the next effect. This is a de This is great to really tame those sharp S's if your S's whistle, and you get this great representation of it, so in case your hearing isn't really fine-tuned to this, you can see how aggressive the de is being. The next effect that we have is a noise gate. Let me go ahead and turn it off. Turn it on. Off. And my air conditioner is on right now, and I think that's a really good demonstration of how this noise gate functions. But here are all the settings that you're able to adjust for the noise gate, threshold, attack, hold, release, range, and hysteresis. So the threshold is going to be the main one people want to play with. This will determine where your noise floor is and where the noise gate is going to activate or deactivate let's go to the next effect and the next effect is the compressor here you're able to adjust the threshold ratio attack release and makeup gain and the visual representation here again is extremely helpful this helps determine how aggressive you're being you have a little bit of gain reduction meter right there Really a great implementation of the compressor on this device. But really quickly, if we want to get super aggressive, let's do ratio of 4.5. They don't let you get too crazy. And then for the threshold, we will roll this back. We are compressing the heck out of this. This is brutal. (laughs) Let's go ahead and stop doing that because nobody wants to hear that. And then we will fix the ratio. But that gives you an idea of what kind of compression you're able to do. The next effect that we have is an EQ. You have three bands, high, mids, and lows, and you are able to adjust the frequency of each of those bands as well as the gain that you are adding. You can get really aggressive with it. You can add or cut up to 12 decibels. So you have a lot of power here, kind of limited in only having three bands, but it keeps you from getting too crazy with what you're trying to do. Keeps it simple, stupid, I guess. You can look at it that way next we have the apex processing the big bottom or the aural exciter i like to call it the oral exciter and this gives you a lot of harmonics so you can get really exciting just that really that sizzly top end i'm not the biggest fan of the oral exciter the oral exciter but a lot of people love the big bottom you can just tune this up and just get this really beefy low end I am typically not a big fan of using this kind of stuff, but I know a lot of people do enjoy these effects and will get a lot of use out of them. And the last thing that we have is panning, so you can pan hard left or you can pan hard right just in case you want to do that. And again, you get that visualization right there on the left. And there you go. That is all the processing that you have available to you for each microphone. Pretty cool now like we always do i have the sm7b connected directly to the roadcaster pro 2 the processing is turned off and i have made sure that the master compeller is off as well the gain or level is set at 55 db and the fader is set at unity gain at the third line from the bottom i will be quiet so you can hear what kind of noise is apparent at this level ...getting loud in 3, 2, 1. Now I am about 6 or 7 inches off of the microphone, and I am whispering. This is the worst-case scenario for this microphone. I have increased my gain to 65 dB, and it is still a little bit quiet because if you are doing this, you are using the wrong microphone. But I will go ahead and increase the level. We will go all the way up to 76 dB. This is 76 decibels at a distance while whispering into the SM7B. I will be quiet so you can hear the preamp noise. now i'm going to connect a 150 ohm resistor to the mixer this will mimic the load of a dynamic microphone but eliminate any of the room noise then i will slowly increase the gain so we can hear what kind of preamp noise is generated by these revolution pre's Now I want to compare the preamps in the RODECaster Pro 1 and the RODECaster Pro 2. So currently I have the SM7B running through a microphone splitter and that is then running into the RCP1 and the RCP2. My level on the RCP1 is set to 48 and my level on the RCP2 is set to 58 dB. The processing for each channel is shut off on the RCP2 and the RCP1. And finally, the USB multi-track is set to bypass audio processing, and it is set to pre-fader on both devices. With all of that being said, here is a quick spoken word sample that you will hear played from the Rodecaster Pro 1 and then the Rodecaster Pro 2. With all of that being said, here is a quick spoken word sample that you will hear played from the Rodecaster Pro 1 and then the Rodecaster Pro 2. And for good measure, here is another audio sample that you will hear from both devices. And for good measure, here is another audio sample that you will hear from both devices. And now I'm going to remove the XLR cables and connect a 150 ohm resistor so we can directly compare the noise floor of the preamps. And now just for good measure and to be as complete as possible i wanted to include a quick demo running an external preamp into the Roadcaster pro 2 at line level currently i have the sm7b running into the universal audio la610 mark ii gain at plus 10 no eq we have the level set at 8 About 3 dB of gain reduction on the T4 optical compressor and the level on the RCP2 is 0 dB and we are hitting a pretty good level around negative 9 dB which is exactly where we would want to go. That is a demonstration of the line level recording on the RCP2. Now, in order to test the Bluetooth quality, I've connected my iPhone 10 to the Rodecaster Pro 2. I have my latest podcast pulled up, and I will just go ahead and play this and see how it sounds. By enacting progress. I believe that the adoption of the term bung is progress. So I fully expected pushback. How Well, that was... <laughs> Weird needle drop on my behalf, but the Bluetooth seems to be functioning. Good audio quality. There you go. Just a quick demo and sample of that. Next, with our sample rate set at the only option we have available, which is 48 kilohertz and an IO buffer of 64 samples, we have a 4.4 millisecond output latency or 9 millisecond round trip. Jumping up to 128 samples, we have 5.7 milliseconds output latency, or 11.6 milliseconds round trip. And jumping up to 256 samples, we have 8.5 milliseconds output, or 16.9 milliseconds round trip now we're going to do the music test where i run an electric guitar an electric bass and an acoustic guitar directly into the mixer and see how that sounds i will play the raw audio followed by an amp simulator and then i will do a full mix Alright I have to admit that I was very hesitant about this device because to me it seemed like road was over that's why it's taken me so long to get this video done because I wanted to take my time with it and try to break the heckin thing I have spent a month and a half trying to break it, throwing everything that I can at it, and after a month and a half of being unable to break it, I am left saying that I think this thing is amazing because it solves every single issue that I had with the Rodecaster Pro 1. And first up, let's talk about the pros. And the first one for me and probably the biggest selling point is having the ability to assign any sound source to the physical faders, because for people like me who only use one or two microphones, that leaves a bunch of faders unused by allowing us to assign different sound sources that makes every single fader potentially useful. That is a huge pro for me secondly you do get great sounding and low noise preamps third the addition of line level inputs is huge for me because now that allows you to use an outboard preamp and then get that processing from the rcp2 you could run an outboard tube pre and then get a de a compressor you can add the noise gate if you want i think that is an amazing feature and makes this a much more useful device also with the addition of the instrument inputs that makes this much more valuable for musicians because now you don't just have to mic up a guitar cab you can actually run di and then run amp sims or you can run di for your keyboard something like that that makes this much more realistic for a musician next i love the fact that you're able to multitrack to the sd card and over usb and choose to do pre-fader or post fader and you can even bypass processing i like that because it allows you to capture a safety track to the sd card just in case you end up clipping a mic or destroying the audio and finally the import and export of shows is incredibly useful if you have multiple shows that you record in your studio or even if you're going to somebody else's studio and they also have an rcp2 you can save a show to an sd card pop in your SD card on their device and then import all your settings and all of your sounds then as far as cons the first issue that I had was the monitor output I found it to be a bit too powerful and a bit too sensitive maybe my ears are too sensitive but to have a comfortable listening level I had to have the monitor at the very first notch I couldn't go any higher or I found it to be too loud. So having the ability to adjust the monitor output level a bit more and have a bit more granularity at the lower end would be amazing. Then to get extremely nitpicky, I find the power button to be a bit mushy and I'm never too confident if I've actually hit it until I feel the haptic feedback on the device letting me know that the power is turned on. Also, like I mentioned, over the last month and a half, I have been trying to brick and break this thing. I was only able to do it once, and I was not able to recreate it. When I was importing a show, it just got hung up. It was completely frozen, and the only way to resolve it was unplugging the power completely. When I plugged it back in and turned it on, worked flawlessly, no error messages, and I was able to import the show. No issue. Forgive me, but late at night Bandrew chiming in here, I forgot to record two cons. The first one being the boot up time. It takes about 30 seconds from the time you hit the power button to actually be able to do anything. I understand they're running an entire operating system, and I think it's based off of Linux. So I understand why it takes that long. It is just a bit annoying if you're trying to record something quickly and you have to wait 30 seconds for the thing to boot up just something to be aware of. And the final con that I actually have is when all of your gain on the preamps is set appropriately and the faders are set to unity gain, the audio captured on the computer does come across a bit quiet. I understand you have the master compeller and can add some master makeup gain, but it does come across a little bit quiet and that is again something that I think you should be aware of. Also, just a bit of wishful thinking, but I would love to see a smaller version of this thing because a smaller footprint would be great. But also for somebody like me and many streamers who only need one or two microphone ins and one or two headphone outs, that would make it much more appealing and a much easier sell. It's hard to say buy four great microphone pres when you only need one. If they could expand this range and offer options that had one and two microphone pres and were significantly smaller, I think they would not only dominate the podcasting market, but the streamer market as well, because the multiple USB outputs, the sound pads, the processing, all of it would work perfectly for a streamer, but for mic pres, just a little bit of a hard sell. And to wrap up, would I recommend the RODECaster Pro 2? Both yes and no first let's start with the yes if you're a podcaster who has a bunch of people in studio or you need all the functions and versatility and control this thing offers absolutely i would recommend it if you're a live streamer who brings in a lot of online guests and you need the ability to control all of those different sources with physical faders and you want all of the sound effects and mixer effects and sound pads yes i would recommend it If you're a musician who does podcasting and also wants their podcasting mixer to be able to do music and do music extremely well. Yes, I would recommend it. The preamps on this thing sound good and they're very quiet. You get DI and line level inputs. You get this insane amount of functionality from mixing to assigning sound sources to faders, mixer actions, multiple USB outputs. It's crazy how much function is built into this thing. The operating system is very well thought out and incredibly intuitive. And like Rode does the support they offer is crazy. Just go look at their Twitter. They are so active on there and are always helping people out. So if this functionality fits your bill of goods, yes, I absolutely recommend it because as I mentioned, this is in a league of its own. I don't think there are any other mixers out there right now that really compete with this. But then we get to the no, who I wouldn't recommend this for. This is less of a no, I wouldn't recommend it, and more of a plea. Please be honest with yourself. And what I mean by that is you need to seriously ask yourself do I need all of this power? Do I need all of this functionality? Do I need all of that? Because $700 is a lot of money. If you just do a single microphone podcast, you don't use any sound pads, you do all of your processing and post. Be honest, you probably don't need it just because it looks cool. You don't need it just because you see other people using it. You don't need it. If you need all the functionality, absolutely get it, but be honest with yourself. Do you need all of it? If the answer is yes, go forth, rock and roll, because it's great if you don't don't spend your money spend your money wisely because 700 dollars is a lot of money all right that is going to wrap up for today if you are still here after that marathon of a review i would love to give you as an individual a big old thumbs up you are a special kind of person i like you on that note if you found this video fun interesting or helpful go ahead and give me a thumbs up if you hated it give me a big old thumbs down it really does help me because Videos like this take 50 to 100 hours to make. It is not just a set it up and record it. This takes a a lot of time. A thumbs up would be amazing. And if you're feeling super generous, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit that bell icon if you care to. If you do want to support the channel and become one of these amazing people over here, you could do so by clicking that join button or going to patreon.com podcastage and joining at the $5 tier or higher. It really truly does help me continue to bring you these videos. So until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening and sticking around for 10 million hours. <laughs> I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Wow.